G'day and welcome to The Extras. My name is Mike. And I'm Sam. And we are here to answer your questions as we continue to wrestle with God's Word. And uh, we want to thank you, as always, that you are engaging with God's Word, that you're inquisitive, you want to know more, you want to know how to live this out. It's a great encouragement to us, isn't it, Sam? Absolutely. It's good to be here with you guys again. And uh, yeah, lots of lots of good questions uh, coming up this week. And uh, yeah, pushing us hard, making us think. So thanks. That's really helpful. And Sam, thanks to you and to Gary, doing the hard yards in preaching uh, through Colossians for us. Yeah, love it. And uh, St. Paul's should be imitating St. Paul. That was, that was kind of a nice Yeah, Sunday line. night. Yep, that, that was Sunday across the day. Um, that, that was where we were. We were in uh, the back end of Colossians 1 and the start of Colossians 2, and we were, we were trying to get our head around what St. Paul, <laughs> the Apostle Paul, was was all on about. What, he, what were his core motivations? What were his kind of life goals, if you like? And... Um, and getting a head around that, in particular, his goals for the gospel to to see um, the, the word of God proclaimed, all people presented mature, and Christians encouraged and united and built up in their knowledge. Uh, that really drove Paul, and uh, and actually enabled him to to go through some pretty hard stuff because he knew that how important that work was. And uh, yeah, we, we were sort of making the case on Sunday that. Uh, if, if that's what Paul was on about, um, following in the footsteps of Jesus, that, that's really what we need to be on about as we sort of follow in those same footsteps. Great challenge to kind of align my life and my goals um, yeah. with that of Paul, mm. imitate him as he, as you say, imitated Christ. Yeah. Um, so very encouraging, mate. So let me let me dive into some questions For in sure. light of all that. Yes. Now, uh, turn our attention to chapter 2, verse 2, if you've got your Bibles open there. Yeah. Um, question is, how does being encouraged in heart and united in love lead to having full riches of complete understanding so that we can know the message? Uh, how, how do those kind of little clauses fit mm. together? Uh, in particular, why is knowing the mystery of Christ uh, the end and not the beginning. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I think I'd say two things. Uh, one big picture, and then maybe one diving into the details a little bit uh, more. Um, big picture: there is in Colossians at least a um, a virtuous cycle. Do you remember we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in, when we looked at the the prayer that Paul prays for the Colossians, and and the prayer sort of begins that God would fill them with knowledge, uh, so that. Um, they could keep growing in knowledge. <laughs> sort of knowledge leads to knowledge, leads to knowledge. And this is one of the themes of Colossians, that um, part of the Christian life is to know God better. And that is a great blessing. And a, a, um, It's not just a means to an end, it's an end in itself. Knowing mm. God is um, kind of at the heartbeat of relationship with God, that you know Him better and know His plans for the world, what He's done for you, who He is, His character, all that kind of stuff. That is part of the goal of the Christian life. So big picture Colossians, yep. I think that's fair to say. But interestingly, and it's a really helpful question here, because um, they're, they're trying to wrestle with the, the little um, uh, prepositions and the, the words, trying to follow the, the, the argument there. Um, if you're reading an NIV or a Holman, um, there's, a, there's a little so that in the middle. You know, it's a, my purpose is that they be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that. Now... That is translating a little word in the Greek that's not the usual word uh, which we would translate so that. And there's, so there's a few different views here. I think the best view is, is perhaps to go a different way to the NIV and the Holman, which is perhaps to render it um, 
connected to the united so it, it might read um, my purpose is that they might be encouraged in heart and united in love and in the complete riches of full understanding um, to join those two things together that paul's goal is is both unity in love and unity in knowledge so i, I think that's perhaps a little bit of a better way to to, to uh, work it out and this is one of the um, the joys of Bible translation, it's good to go and read other versions um, against each other and see um, where the tricky bits are, um, but I hope that helps. I, I still think it's right to say that an end goal mm. is knowledge, um, mm. but I think particularly in verse 2, perhaps there is a slightly different way to translate that verse. Does okay. that help? Yeah, I think that does help. Keep growing in knowledge. Yeah. It's important. Okay. Uh, question comes in, I am suffering in terms of giving up my time, my energy, opportunities and popularity, which is something that you mentioned on Sunday. Mm. Uh, but the question is, but I can't think of an instance where I'm specifically persecuted for following Jesus. Does that mean I'm not truly taking up my cross, denying self, following Jesus? And should I be looking for ways to be persecuted? Uh, a couple of questions there. Um, so good on you for giving up your time and your money and your yeah. effort. And uh, and that's a great thing to do. We, we do want to sacrifice things for the cause of Christ. Mm. And uh, we talked about that on Sunday. So uh, when people are doing that, we, we, we rejoice. And um, yeah, we, we encourage you to keep on going with that. Um, you can't control how other people respond to your serving of Christ. Um you, you, and there, and one of the tricks, the tricky things is when you go looking for persecution, um, that, that, that I think is is a dangerous way to live because um, there are all sorts of reasons you can be persecuted. You can be persecuted for being an idiot, um, for breaking <laughs> the law, um, for doing things that are that are genuinely wrong. And uh, and Peter talks about that in in one Peter. If you suffer as a Christian, it shouldn't be as a thief or as a meddler mm. or as a, you know, whatever. But if you suffer for the name of Christ, well, then you're blessed. Um, and so we can't quite control that. Um, and, and however, it, it may be though, and again, I don't know your, your circumstances, um, different things for different people. It, it may be that the reason that you're not copying anything for Christ is that you're not, you, that you're not being bold enough. And sometimes, um, we actually need to have a bit more courage and speak about Jesus and the gospel a little bit more. And often what will happen is you start to put your head up over the parapet, you get shot. Um, and uh, sometimes you don't, yep. but often you do. And there seems to be a pattern that if you if you follow Christ and you, you proclaim His name, you will get shot at. <laughs> what, metaphorically what, speaking, what does that look like in our context, Sam? So yeah, metaphorically speaking, shot at yes. probably not. Phys- well, not yet, uh, and not perhaps not so much in the in the context of modern Australia. Um, mm. And yet, Australia and the West more generally are, are changing. I mean, we have a great heritage of being built on. Um, uh, kind of uh, kingdom values. Uh, the gospel has had a huge intertwining with our history. Now, sometimes for good and sometimes for ill. Uh, we come along to the, the, the <laughs> Thursday love of night. God on Thursday <laughs> night and uh, uh, see the, the good and the ill. Um, but that does mean that in our current climate, we do enjoy all kinds of things uh, where we are actually lining up with our, our culture, which is not the case in other parts of the world outside mm. of the Western kind of culture part of the world. Um, it's much harder to live for Christ in Iran, much harder to live for Christ in Yemen, <laughs> those kind of places, uh, North Korea, very, very hard places to be uh, a Christian. Um, and yet, as the, as the Western world rushes away from its uh, Christian heritage and, and abandons much of what it was built upon, uh, we are already seeing um, 
an increasing of hostility towards the gospel and towards those who bear the name of Christ. Um, I read a quote last week, and I, I can't remember who it was of, but it was a, a church leader as I was prepping for the sermon, and the, um, he, he was a bishop or an archbishop of somewhere. Um, that's helpful, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but but the quote was good, and uh, and the quote was uh, he, he was reflecting on his impending death, and he said, "Look, I will die in my bed, but perhaps my successor will die in a jail cell, and his successor will be burned in the public square, and then the generation after that will rebuild the ashes of a of a fallen society." Something to that end, and and I think now that may or may not happen, but it does feel at this point as if increasingly in the West it's getting harder and harder to stand up for Christ mm. and uh, we're not yet seeing um, Christians go to jail for being Christians but that certainly happens around the world and uh, may, may well ha- happen here. At this stage, yeah, often it is um, the lesser persecution and yet no, no, no less hard at one level of being ostracised, of being rejected, of having um, people call you names, of people ostracising you, pushing you out, um, saying hard things about you on social media, um, in the schoolyard, in the workplace, all, all sorts of things. Now, yeah, that's not quite the same as being shot or, or jailed. Um, it's still not easy, though. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, mate. Helpful. So we don't have to go looking for it. No, we'll I think that's right. Just keep living for Jesus. Live for Jesus. Uh, and it'll probably come more, but... Keep living for Jesus. That's right. And that, that's what you can control, is that you are bold and courageous and faithful to Christ. And uh, whatever the other, other people's response might be, you, you keep following Christ. Nice. So let's turn our attention to other brothers and sisters who are being persecuted or suffering. How do we support them uh, in their suffering and persecution, Sam? Yeah, that's a, that's a helpful question. Um, and I guess there's kind of two um, kind of... Um, areas where we could answer that one would be in the kind of worldwide arena um there are some great organizations open doors um one that i think of uh that uh seeks to support the persecuted church around the world and uh that that's a great organization to to both be informed by but also um to provide a vehicle of practical support around the world um mm. for for brothers and sisters in in those places where it is incredibly tough to live for Christ and uh, just knowing and understanding and praying and Mm. then working out how we can use the great resources we have to love and support uh, those around the world, that's a good thing. And so I'd encourage us to um, find out more about that and uh, and work out how you can personally support that. But even locally, I think... um, I mentioned something in the the Sunday morning question time at North Rocks... um, that one of the things we, we want to keep doing is encouraging groups, the groups within our churches of Christians um, to be growth groups, not just Bible study groups. Uh, we want Bible study, yes. but we want them to be places where Christians can grow together and have the space to build the kind of Christian relationships where they share with each other what's really going on. Um, interesting, Paul, we're reading a letter, and he writes to the Colossians, and he tells them, I want you to know the struggle I've got. I want you to know, I want you to remember my chains, and he shares with them uh, what's going on so that they can pray so yeah. that they can help and so that they can support and I, I, I would love to see in our um, groups the places where someone can come to the group and actually have the space and, and the time and the um, relationships to say look 
I stood up for Christ at work this week and uh, this is what happened and uh, I'd love you to pray for me I'm finding it really hard I feel like there's this person who's giving me a tough time I'm, but there's this other opportunity here so pray for me for boldness and help and that that's the kind of thing we want to see in our growth groups as well as as well as um, solid rigorous Bible study nice yeah. nice Okay, Sam, you mentioned, uh, it's a bit of an aside, really, um, mm. that Paul used to be called Saul. Yep. Um, and then in Acts chapter 9, the Lord Jesus reveals himself yep. to, to Saul and yep. commissions him to, to yep. suffer. Yep. Um, the question is, uh, who changed Paul's name yes. from Saul to Paul? Yep, and, and I might have said on Sunday, and I, I was wrong if I did, that 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 Jesus changed it, that that's not quite right. Um, I can't quite remember what I, what I said, but if I did say that, um, that, that's not quite right. Saul certainly does, uh, from about Acts 13 onwards, uh, be referred to as Paul from there. Now, there's a few different sort of theories. It's, it's different to Peter, um, whose name is actively changed by Jesus. Um, though there is a common thread of people once they become Christians, their name changes. Yeah, there? There, yeah. There's something going on there. Yeah. Um, certainly with Peter, it's it's explicit that Jesus did it. Um, it's not explicit in uh, in Paul's case, although it, it does seem to be that from Acts 13, when he, um, I think he converts a, a Roman proconsul there in, in, in Acts 13, and it's sort of the beginning of his work with the Gentiles, he seems to take on a different name. Now, at one level, that may just be because that's a, a more appropriate name to go to the Gentiles with, um, sort of culturally a shift. But it's interesting that Saul is a name of greatness, named after the, the, the great King Saul. Paul, on the other hand, means little one, small one. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's a meaning difference. And yeah. me, names are very significant to Hebrews. Paul's a Hebrew. Um, and I, I can't help but feel like that as Paul realizes that he's now the servant of uh, the Lord Jesus, he sees himself as a little one um, and uh, and one who's willing to become all things to all people. And he'll go and change his name. It's not about him being great anymore. It's about... Jesus being great and and, nice. and now again that's not explicitly laid out for us in a verse anywhere but just putting the pieces together with what names mean I think there there is a significance there I think nice nice thanks mate for clarifying last question uh, do you think Paul the little one hmm. is just an extraordinarily super keen dude hmm. and loves sharing the good news of Jesus with non Christians or is it that something or is it that this is something that we should do more. So do we need to be more like Paul or was he just unique? Um, and the second half of the question, my vibe is that for modern Christians, we see evangelism as something that's a little bit more, we should be more subtle about and we only need to kind of give a response if asked. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, we just leave evangelism to the really gifted evangelists like yeah. Paul. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, yeah, great question. Thank you. I mean, really, my case that I was trying to sort of argue on Sunday uh, out of Colossians 1 is that we should be more like Paul, um, both individually and corporately. Mm. Uh, we we want to be like Paul. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I um, so yes, Paul is a super keen dude. Yes. <laughs> but why is he a super keen dude? I don't think it's just because of his personality. Right. Um, I think it is because of his conviction about who Jesus is and the realities of the world. And uh, and they're worth zooming back and, and kind of remembering once again. Um, what are the realities? The, the reality is that the time is short, that Jesus is coming back, heaven and hell are real, mm. um, and that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Mm. Now, you start putting those things together and you think, well, I've got one life and a few years, what's the best thing to do with it? Um, 
I want to tell people about Jesus. Now, um, for some, that may mean a a full-time vocational um, thing. But like I said on Sunday, we're all in full-time ministry. If you're a Christian and you're breathing, you're in in full-time ministry. You you go with the gospel wherever you are, whether that's to a job that, you know, is in a church or as as a sort of... Um, pastoral type person or whether that's a job in the city you know an office somewhere you, you, you're a full time minister and um, and I think knowing the big picture of the world and what what God is doing and what is happening on a, on a kind of cosmic scale um, drives you to, to be more like Paul um, and uh, yeah less subtle uh, if that makes sense now there's a wisdom then about how do, how do you do that best. Um, certainly, um, in, in Peter's letter, one Peter, um, you always want to have a, a, a hope, a, a, an answer for the hope that you have. So, yep. if someone asks you, absolutely. Um, but it, it seems to me that um, there's there's more going on um, in, in the New Testament now. Some people say, look, there's not that many verses that you can point me to that say you must be an evangelist. Um, there are the imperatives like Matthew 28, go and go make disciples. Yep. Um, but those imperatives, I think, are, are just the tip of the iceberg. And actually, if you go below the surface of the water and you, you're, you go back to what we were just talking about, which is the big picture of heaven and hell are real and anyone who doesn't trust in Jesus is is not okay and yep. is like a drowning person who needs to be saved. Yep. Um, and the time is short. You don't need the imperatives are there, um, but you actually don't need the imperatives at one level because the uh, just the whole schema of the world um, and and the gospel and the yeah all of that actually drives you there even without the verses that say go and do evangelism. Um, So um, you need to use a wisdom about the best way to do it, but. if you're just going to wait for someone to ask you, they may never ask and that, and therefore never have their greatest need addressed. And uh, if you've got a relationship, if you've got an opportunity with someone, then I think um, out of love, in all honesty, that's the great um, kind of driver for us, that we love people enough to tell them. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think sometimes we go, oh, no, it's more loving just to be, um, you know, to sit back and wait. Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm not convinced of that. I, like, if you if you think about the realities of, and it's a terrifying thought as to where that person will be if they're not right with God through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it's actually much more loving to tell them. Um, Your illustration on Sunday night, Sam, was really helpful. But the kind of the rescue mission, you know, mm. that uh, people are drowning, mm. and we want to save as many as we can out of love and we shouldn't be content with only saving a few that's it and while the time is there we, we have time um, God is patient we're told he, he, he doesn't want anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance so I want us to use the time we've got and uh, see the scale of the task that's ahead of us and be uh, I think more bold than more subtle so let me just remind you of Colossians one twenty eight. we proclaim Jesus him Warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Yeah, that was Paul, but that needs to be us as well. That's it. That's yeah. terrific. Sam, thanks very much, mate. Really appreciate your wisdom. And uh, what can we look forward to this week in Colossians chapter 2? Well, this week you can actually look forward to the Archbishop coming to preach. Oh, uh, of course. Which is, well, at least at Carlingford. Um, if, you're, if you're at North Rocks, come visit us Sunday night. Come join us for the Arch- Archbishop there. Um, uh, so we're taking a little bit of a pause on uh, on Colossians, uh, but we'll be back in a fortnight, uh, Sunday week at least, and uh, we're going to pick it up in chapter 2, verse 6, which I think are 
sort of the, the, the centerpiece verses of the letter, which is, uh, well, okay, if you've received Jesus, don't move away from him. Uh, keep on continuing, rooted, established, firm, because he's the solid ground. Um, stick stick with Jesus. That That's where we're going in it. But that's Sunday week. That's Sunday week. I jumped the gun. Because, mm. of course, this week is all about open week. Absolutely. It's the building dedication, um, which is kind of the, the finale of open week, but plenty of things to come. So uh, you'll have uh, Thursday night. Um, you'll have the For the Love of God. Then we're on Saturday. Oh, Friday night is Ignite uh, and Salt. And then uh, Saturday we've got some family skills uh, events. And then uh, Sunday, building dedication. So So please be praying uh, that we would be able to proclaim Christ through all this. Mm. Uh, Introducing God will be coming up at the end of Open Week. It will. Um, And so we'd love your prayers. And and do come along. Come and support. um, Mm. Bring your friends and come along and meet people from the community. How good was the uh, the food fair the other day? There were so many people. So many people. It was wonderful. Yeah. God is good, and God's doing great things uh, through St. Paul's, which we give him all the thanks and praise for. Amen. Sam, thanks very much, mate. You're welcome. Everyone, thank you for your questions. Keep that is the extras this week. See you soon. Bye.